Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, I'm Brandon Perna, host of That's Good Sports, a 10-minute-ish daily NFL comedy podcast. Have you ever wished for a crappy version of The Daily Show, but only about the NFL? Then, first and foremost, I implore you to dream much bigger. Secondly, I would recommend subscribing to That's Good Sports. Every weekday, I will be giving you NFL news, telling questionable jokes, and swearing just enough so you won't ever be able to listen with your kids in the room or car. I don't ask for a lot, but if you don't subscribe on iTunes, my wife said she will leave me. Thanks, and I look forward to putting my voice in your ear holes. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History title. Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh yeah, so easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. Welcome to the Full Slate Sunday Scaries Pod. I'm Cody Darwick, joined out in Chicago by my brother, Tyler Darwick. Tyler, Niners, first place in the NFC West. 3-0. Today was an excruciating game, five turnovers. They just kept trying to give the game away to the Steelers. And I'm glad they won because it would have made, if they had lost, this would have been a very painful podcast. Yeah, we always start Sunday Scariest moment. And this Sunday, definitely... My Sunday scariest moment was the 49ers in the midst of five turnovers, but they were up. They are basically driving late in the game to take the lead, and Richie James, they try and basically do one of those uh, kind of fake jet sweeps where the wide receiver runs in front of Jimmy G, and the timing gets botched. They fumble the ball. The Steelers recover. They're in the red zone, and again, like, 
my my late games were blowing up. I was like, this is just this is a disaster. Between the Seahawks and the Cardinals, I was like, 49ers are gonna somehow blow this game, lose to Mason Rudolph. But it it turned out okay. On yeah, the 40, was, on the 49ers front at least. Yeah, I was sitting in the dark in my apartment watching that game. That's just what it felt like that entire game with the turnovers. They kept driving down the field on the Steelers and just kept fumbling. They just kept shooting themselves in the foot. And I was just waiting for either the Steelers to score a game-winning touchdown or the 49ers to turn it over at the end. But luckily, that didn't happen. Dante Pettis scored the game-winning touchdown, which feels like awesome moment for him because he's been in the doghouse with Shanahan, so maybe this will give him some momentum going forward. But, yeah, that would have been an, a brutal, brutal loss, and it felt like all the momentum they would have had from starting 2 now would have been killed. Mm-hmm, 100%. And they... The weird thing was they were moving the ball with such ease all game, and it was just almost every drive you're just kind of sitting there, like squeezing your butt, watching, being like, oh, how how are they how are they going to mess this up somehow? How are they going to mess this up? And luckily they didn't. I mean, Mason Rudolph, the first half of this game is six three at the half is disgusting. 49ers have four turnovers in the first half, and I mean, in our text group with our dad, we're like, okay, six three, like this should be way worse. Mason Rudolph looked abominable. And he actually played well in the second half. He played better. And I think, I feel like I kind of jinxed it in my head when we were doing the uh, preview pods. You kept saying how much Juju Smith Schuster stock you were going to buy this year. And in my head during the game, I was like, are you going to sell that? Because he hadn't done anything. And then he catches a 75 yard touchdown. So I felt like that was partially on me. But, yeah, he played well in the second half, but a tough loss for the Steelers. They dropped to 0-3 and giving up that first-round draft pick for Minka Fitzpatrick, who is a stud. I mean, he was all over the field. He had an yeah, interception. Mm-hmm. He was in Mate. the backfield like every other play, it seemed like. Like, he's all over the place. Yeah, that's why I still don't understand what the Dolphins are doing. I get they got a first-round pick back, but this this guy is a bona fide stud. And he's on a rookie contract. Like, do you think you're just going to keep getting those guys? Makes no sense. But we're not here to discuss the 49ers game all day. I'll give my Sunday scariest moment. Goes to an agent, uh, Drew Rosenhaus. Mm. He uh, he represents Antonio Brown. He's missed out on so much money uh, from AB continuously <laughs> getting his contracts voided. The $30 million with the Raiders. The $9 million with the Patriots. I mean... He just he has to just be like sitting at home, you know, enjoying his weekend. And then he just sees like a tirade from AB and just like, oh, great. Now I'm losing more money. I mean, the Antonio Brown saga is just the Never best ending. reality show going, right? Never ending. Uh, yeah, I mean, you think it's kind of dead. He gets dropped by the Patriots this week. Um, and then you, I wake up this morning and Twitter is just on fire with Antonio Brown just taking shots at Big Ben, at Robert Kraft, all this stuff. Do you think – I think he's he's done. Like the pass were his last chance, and I, I know he's kind of pulling the you can't break up with me, I'm breaking up with you move towards the NFL. But like I think he's headed <laughs> – I think Alex, our producer, tweeted uh, about him going to the XFL. That feels more likely. Like I, I don't think he's playing again in the NFL. I, I totally agree. Like, what team is going to take a chance on him? If you can't work with New England, then it's not going to really work anywhere. He was there for 11 days, which was, I think, one of the funniest things. It felt like from when he got released by the Raiders to the to now, it felt like a while. And you're like, no, it was only 11 days. He just, like, 
he's, he just can't get out of his own way. Clearly, his head is too big for his body, and he doesn't have anyone around him to basically tell him, like, Antonio, like, put down your phone. And that's where this whole thing with, with him getting released by the Patriots started. Obviously, the allegations are terrible. We don't know what's true, what's not. But the Patriots were going to keep him, and then he just can't control himself. He does the text message thing. That gets him cut from the Patriots. He goes on Twitter. Like, he just needs someone in his life who's going to tell him, who's going to put him in his place. He has all yes men around him. Yeah, he's he needs uh, a lot of help, and we'll see what ends up happening with all the allegations and whatnot. But, like, putting all that aside, of course, that's the reason why the Patriots cut him. He's a disaster and an absolute train wreck. And, I mean, he played well last weekend versus the Dolphins. He still is a great player, but he's an absolute head case. Um, but one other, like, piggybacking on my Sunday Scariest Moment, we talked about on the Pick'em Pod, that Seahawks line made no sense to us. Why is it only four and a half? They're at home. Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Seattle kind of got off. I mean, they're 2-0, and but, like, both games, you know, you didn't really know what to expect there given the Rudolph injury and they played the Bengals at home and that was close. But what, like, they just got the doors blown off them. The final score, they only lose by six. I had them in the teaser. I had them in, I had a nice five-team parlay that I text. I texted you at, like, four o'clock. Uh, it was Packers money line, Vikings money line. Um, what, was the, what was the fifth team? Colts. Thank you. Colts. So three for three after the after the 1 p.m. Then I just needed the Cardinals at home against Kyle Allen and the Panthers and Seattle minus four and a half would have been a teaser would have been the last leg of a parlay. Uh, and yeah, it was Seattle got rolled. Uh, I mean, and I think Sean Payton might be listening to our podcast because they actually gave the ball to Alvin Kamara. Yeah, any comments I made on the pick'em pod were simply to motivate him. Clearly, they listened, but a very weird game. They had the pun return for a touchdown. They had the fumble return for a touchdown. So they're getting contributions in other spots, and that's what you need when a guy like Breeze goes down. This was Sean Payton's first win as an NFL coach without Drew Breeze starting, which is crazy to think. Um, Teddy Bridgewater's first win since 2015, and this was Seattle's first home loss under P. Carroll ever in September. So you really mushed it. Yeah, mush, mush the shit. I was like, I love this so much. I want it to be my lock of the week, but I just couldn't bring myself to it because I, I foresaw the future, but I still had to test fate and test Vegas and take Seattle minus four and a half. And it, it never really had a chance. Yeah, we should have just listened to what we were saying. The line made no sense. That would have been all the reason to pick the Saints. But super impressive win going into Seattle with a backup QB. And like you said, they handled them. The final score is not indicative of how close that game was. And you look at the rest of the NFC South, it is pretty miserable. We'll get to the Falcons. The Bucks lost to Heartbreaker. Like, <laughs> it's, it's shaping up pretty favorably for the Saints, even without Breeze. They're home next week versus the Cowboys, which is a tough game, but it's a mm-hmm. home Sunday night game. And then their home Bucks at Jags at Bears home Cardinals like it's not the it's not a incredibly tough gauntlet they're gonna go through so they're gonna be able to float without Breeze and lean on Kamara finally like we've been begging Taysom Hill didn't do much which makes me happy like <laughs> their their team is good enough to carry them without Breeze so um, yeah this is an impressive win and Seattle like Seattle could be zero and three. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they definitely could be there. Unimpressive start from them. Pete Carroll gets hit in the face with the football before the game. I love it. Was, 
So even my Wi-Fi has the Sunday scaries as it just cut out. But yeah, tough day overall for Seattle. Carroll hit in the face. They go to 2-1. and one. Niners first place in the NFC West. Rams are on right now, so we'll see what happens there. But like you said, the NFC South breaks pretty nicely for the Saints, even despite the Breeze injury. But going to the Saints' rival, the Falcons, they visited the Colts today. And we both like the Colts. We talked about in the Pick'em pod. And I'm officially at like a 7 or 8 on the uh, panic scale on our Colts under bet. Jacoby Brissett is the real deal here. I know, and it's hard to root against the Colts. They're a very likable team. Marla Mack, T.Y. Hilton, even Jacoby Brissett. Like, I don't want to root against them, but I'll, I'll have to. Nine and seven, they make the playoffs. Everyone wins there, so that's mm-hmm. where I'm going to have to go. But the Falcons are just... They're just such an irritating team to watch. Like you said, we like the Colts, but even just seeing them on the red zone, they'll have a big play to Julio. They'll take him out of the game. And then Matt Ryan is forcing passes to Austin Hooper. It's just the same old shit with the Falcons every year. They tantalize you with all the talent they have and they could just never, they never win anything. No, it's, it's vintage road Falcons, even in Indy, like not a true, outdoor road game like they just they do this all the time and matt ryan's numbers were amazing for the game he's 29 to 34 three touchdowns interception julio had a classic julio game eight catches 128 yards and a touchdown but like they just came out so flat the colts were up 20 to 3 it got back and forth and like i mean the falcons cut it to uh obviously a three-point game late in the game but jacoby Brissett just like is extremely calm for someone i know he played a couple years back when luck was injured but that contract they just signed him on before he actually started playing is a steal right now right right now it is the way he played today i think we have to see him play a little longer before we'll categorize it as that but he does mm-hmm. look competent the offensive line is awesome frank reich's a really good coach i think he's surrounded really well which you need as a quarterback with not a ton of experience but Going back to the Falcons, like you said, Julio played really well, but like Calvin Ridley had one target. He had one catch for six yards. It's like you have all these like really good weapons. Like you have to get them involved. And they did make it a game. They cut it to three, but you can't just get yourself down 20 to three and expect to come back. They did the same thing versus the Vikings week one, got down super quick, and that game was over. Like, Dan Quinn, first coach fired. It's starting to get it's starting to get real, I think. It's yeah, like we're a little worried about the Colts over, uh, but Falcons easily. Falcons probably should have lost that game last week to the Eagles. Nelson Aguilar drops that touchdown in the fourth quarter. Uh, if he just catches that pass, they're 0-3, and I think his seat is pretty toasty. But, I mean, they're 1-2, and, and the thing is, they still have a lot of talent, and that division is in shambles. So... I, I don't think you can like fully cross them off, but when they're on the road, I want no part of the Atlanta Falcons from a gambling perspective. I'm not crossing them off. They like we've said the NFC South is kind of a, you know, a mishmash right now with Breeze hurt, Cam hurt, the Bucks are the Bucks. Like we don't know what's going to happen, but they're just still so frustrating. I have a future on the Falcons to win the NFC South and it's breaking well for them when the two other quarterbacks for the teams ahead of them get hurt and they still can't do anything. It's so inf- infuriating. 
I said Matt Ryan for MVP. I don't think that's going to happen. He threw an awful <laughs> interception in this game. Like Devontae Freeman averages five and a half carries, five and a half yards per carry in this game. And he doesn't like they don't they go away from him because they get behind. It's just we get so tantalized by their talent, but it's just empty. They they just they're a good Madden team. Yeah, they're a good Madden team. They're a fun fantasy football team because you know all their top guys, but that doesn't always translate. Um but yeah, I mean, the Colts are two and one. Shout out to Adam Vinatieri on week one, our Sunday Scaries pod. I called him out as Grandpa Billy's bum of the week. After last week, another poor week, there was rumors on Monday that he might retire. He doesn't. And he comes back like a true pro. He was five for five today, uh, made every, all of his kicks. So good for him. Um, and yeah, so the Colts, the Colts are now, I think, I believe they're three and oh against the spread, right? Yeah, three and oh. I mean, they almost pulled that game off versus the Chargers, too. If Venetari didn't miss a couple kicks, they would be 3-0 straight up. But I'm starting to get nervous as well. That's not looking good. But let's move to another NFC South team. And what you probably wouldn't have thought was a thrilling game, but was Giants-Bucks. Giants win 32-31. The Daniel Jones era is here. Cody, what are your thoughts? I know you had a couple. You had a friend at the game. Yeah, we... Uh... So we ended up like we spoke about this. I, I don't remember if we spoke about it on the podcast, but I know we spoke about it this morning when we were making our picks. We went back and forth on this game and it from a gambling perspective just smelled as like an ultimate stay away. You have Daniel Jones making his first start. The Giants defense, specifically their second secondary is been atrocious. The Bucks, you have Jameis Winston, so God only knows what you're gonna get there. The Bucks were this one, it's funny, Daniel Jones' effect was real from a gambling perspective. Line opened at six, six and a half. It went down to five at game time. I I was like flipping between this, the 49er game, obviously, and Daniel Jones looked great. Like The issue with Eli Manning was he's so sedentary in the pocket. Daniel Jones made plays with his legs. He had two rushing touchdowns. He threw for over 300 yards and two passing touchdowns. Uh, like, are the Giants fun to watch again? I think so. Like it's a it's a good thing to have a little bit of excitement out of one of these New York teams. For sure. Like like you said, we were watching the 49er game, but I kept seeing highlights from the Giants game. And Daniel Jones was just like launching the ball down the field. Like their offense was explosive. And you're like, oh, this hasn't been the case. Well, Eli Manning is probably the reason behind that. And Saquon Barkley gets hurt in this game, and you figure it goes downhill from there. But Daniel Jones just kept them in the game, making big plays, a touchdown to Ingram, Sterling Shepard at 100 yards. Like There is some excitement there, and you could feel the team was juiced up having him in there. Eli's a legend, quote-unquote, if you're a Giants fan. He has the Super Bowl rings, all of that, but I think things were getting stale. People realize he's not good enough anymore. They bring in the rookie. The team is energized. And it seemed like in Tampa, there were a ton of Giant fans there. Yeah, yeah, there definitely were. I mean, and if you're a Bucks fan, this is <laughs> this is a brutal loss. You're up 28 to 10 at the half. Jameis is playing like the guy that you draft first overall. I mean, his numbers were great. 380 yards, three touchdowns. Mike Evans with, with a vintage Mike Evans game. He catches 190. And the are three touchdowns and they were set up to win this game. And you, you think about it. They basically Jameis connects with Mike Evans for a deep ball late in the game with about 30 seconds to go. They get down and basically 
are lined up for a 34-yard field goal to win it. Matt Gay, and he misses, and he just misses it. The Bucks could have been two and one in first place, or tied with the Saints for first place in the NFC South. Instead, they're just classic Bucks. Did you know that the Bucks have had a new kicker the last eight seasons? I heard them say that on the talk, which is. And that is insane. Obviously, they had the Aguayo drama from a few years back when they drafted him early in the draft, but that's uh, that's tough. That's not the job you want if you're a kicker. That's a horrible stat. It really speaks to the fact they haven't made the playoffs in about 12 years. It's a position you need some stability at, and it bites them in the ass again today. They had a chance to go 2-1, and one, be in first place in the South. This is a tough loss. And I'm looking at the box score now. So they had the Mike Evans play for 40 yards to set them up for an easy field goal. Winston spikes it, and then they get a delay of game. How does on that purpose. happen? On purpose. <sighs> they, did, they did it on purpose because they wanted to move him back so he had a little bit of extra room. I was watching uh, Football Night in America, and they said that. So I think, What does that even mean? I think, I think Bruce Arians over, overthink that one a little bit. It's just so, uh, I guess, if he like hooked it a little bit, I don't know. Um, kind of a kind of a wild move. Yeah, I think he overthought that one a bunch. I mean, you look at the kick. If he was five yards closer, it probably would go in the way it tailed out. So that's an awful move. Bruce Arians is older. Maybe he's losing a step. You know, being away from the game for a year, but that's <laughs> terrible. Um, but yeah, great win for the Giants. Daniel Jones looks like he's legit. I'll throw a stat at you that maybe mm. proves he's already better than yeah, Eli. Eli. Yeah. So Daniel Jones is 1-0 and in his career when trailing by 18-plus points. Eli Manning 0-44 in those games. So he already has one step he's up. Already, he's already better. Um, I thought the video of Saquon limping into the locker room, chasing after the celebration, that was awesome. On crutches, just one foot. Hopefully he's actually healthy and like fine. I think he's probably getting an MRI early this week. But yeah, the Giants cover. They went outright as a dog. Um, and Daniel Jones media, Danny Dimes, it has begun. Um, and then another notable 4 o'clock game, Chargers-Texans. We both like the Chargers this week. There's a lot of good bounce-back stats on the Chargers uh, after losses, a lot of trends in their favor. Uh, and they lost this one out, outright to the Texans. And uh, this, the last drive, did you catch the last drive of this, Tyler? Because it was vintage Philip Rivers just running around like a maniac, whether it's him running up the middle or throwing near interceptions, near great touchdowns, people dropping the ball. Um just the charge the chargers are the chargers and that's that's the bottom line this is their fifth straight year they've started one and two that's like the most chargers stat of all time they continue to just blow these games i you feel like they should win they did it last week versus the lions this week they're up 17 to 7 at home at half and they can't hold on they just continuously shoot themselves in the foot. They're getting banged up. Uh, Derwin James is already out. His replacement got hurt also. So they're starting to lose some guys. And in the AFC West, I mean, I mean they're trailing the Chiefs, but I don't, I don't really see the Chargers doing much this year. They continue to lose these tight games. And the Texans pulled another game out late. Deshaun Watson's been incredible this year. He continues, I think, I know Mahomes is the MVP leader right now. I think Watson is right there with like behind him in second. Watson's been awesome this year with That's still pretty pretty bad offensive line. I mean, bringing them back 20 straight points in the second half on the road. It's impressive. The Texans are such a weird team. You feel like Bill O'Brien just hates his job all the time, but they continue to win. 
Yeah, I mean, they're 2-1, and one, and like you said, they've got a lot of weapons. Our boy uh, Carlos Hyde even scored a touchdown for them. Um, it, they just have they have a lot of talent, and like you said, 20-3 to three run at the end of the game there. They close it out and outright win as a uh, road dog for the Texans, and I mean, they're a couple plays away from also being 3-0 and having a ton of hype. And they kind of escaped the game last week against the Jags and Gardner Minshew. They go on the road and they knock off the Chargers, a playoff team from last year. This I, this was a really big win for the Texans in my mind. Like, it's only week three. You don't want to overreact too much. But I think the Texans, like, we spoke about on, on uh, one of the preview pods. You were on the Texans early to win the AFC South. You like the value there. Obviously, everything that happened with Andrew Luck, I gave out the Deshaun Watson MVP pick. But it seems like that there could be a real case there if if they do string together, I don't know, 11, 12 wins. Like, it seems like Watson, Mahomes, and Lamar are like the three guys right now. And a win like this over the Chargers, who's another team in the AFC who figures to be in playoff contention, getting a win like this early in the season, it's only week three, but... Later on the season, if these teams' records are similar and they're fighting for a wild card spot, Texans get this head to head. So every game's important. So not a huge win for them. And the all the four o'clock games, three o'clock central, all the late afternoon games, all the do- all the dogs covered. Yeah, yeah, we uh, yeah. If only if only I would have known that ahead of time. But that leaves. That's like what happens here. Sports gambling. Um. Should we talk about the Eagles Lions at all? And probably the most forgotten undefeated team in football, the Detroit Lions, two oh and one. That tie really <laughs> throws you off. Yeah, it rattles. I was like, wow, they're still undefeated, huh? Yeah, impressive win for the Lions. Another team that probably should be three and They blew that game versus <laughs> Arizona week one, just doing lines things, and it felt like they were gonna do it today. The Eagles, I mean Doug Peterson's an aggressive coach that helped them win a Super Bowl, but did you see they had fourth and eight with like a little over two minutes ago on their own like 20-25 and they went for it. It was really weird. They didn't get it. The Lions then try to pull a typical Lions move. The field goal gets blocked. The Eagles return it all the way down to the 30. Yeah, like a, a terrible a, penalty. Yeah, I thought it was what was a pretty phantom like block in the back holding penalty on the Eagles got called. Brings them back to midfield and they couldn't really do anything from there the Eagles are missing Deshaun Jackson Alshon Jeffrey they really miss those guys um so yeah the Detroit's undefeated and the Eagles are one and two for a team that everyone thought would kind of like be steamrolling yeah I think a lot of hype for the Eagles preseason whether it was once MVP them to win the NFC East and I mean they're one and two and the Cowboys are three and out and rolling um they're they're very banged up so we'll see what happens there if they can get some guys back but this I have no read on the Lions. I gave out Matt Patricia to be first head coach fired. Uh, he's probably an early, an early coach of the year candidate right now. Um, so I don't like every game the Lions have played so far this season. In my mind, it's kind of like stay away. We gave the Eagles as a piece of a teaser, and I like that. But I didn't have a ton of conviction on Eagles minus seven ever. Um, so again, Detroit Lions, kind of one of those early season question mark teams for me, but undefeated. Congrats to them and the Detroit fan base out there. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break here, have a couple words from our sponsors, be back with our Lock of the Week recap. 
At the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, and watch football. Game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives, running backs racing down the sidelines with no one to stop them. There's nothing else like the NFL, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. So do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sportsbook. Don't forget, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. And mybookie.ag is the best in the business. It's where I play and where you should too. I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet football this season, bet with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you multiply your winnings, and no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. Join now. My bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to activate the offer. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. A few of us on the show use Harry's razors. If you visit their website, you can check out all different shave sets and face care products. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your special offer by going to harrys.com backslash blue wire. Why try Harry's? Harry's founders were two regular guys tired of getting ripped off and paying for overpriced razors. Harry's makes quality, durable blades at a fair price, just $2 per blade. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. This summer, refresh your wallet and your face with the Harry's trial set. It comes with weighted ergonomic handle for an easy grip, five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade for a close shave, rich lathering shaved out, shave gel that will leave you smelling great and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy on the go listeners of our show can redeem their trial set at harrys.com backslash blue wire make sure you go to harrys.com backslash blue wire to redeem your offer and let them know i sent you to help support the show all right cody let's move on to our locks of the week recap another two and a week we're five and one on the season don't let us get hot don't let us get hot we are Hot out of the gate right now, steamrolling people, three and zero, undefeated. Um, you know, last week when we were planning for the Pick'em podcast, and I'm looking at the lines, I was like, "Am I really? Am I really going to do it? Am I going to take Kirk Cousins at home?" I've become unofficial mayor of Kirk Cousins Island as someone that's just the only one left um, out there. That's like, hey, just be like Alex Smith, um, be a game manager. Even though Alex Smith is our boy and he can win games, we still believe in him and wish his recovery well. But, I mean, I guess I'll get started here. I'm 3-0. Took the Vikings, minus 8. The line moved up to 9 today on game day. I locked it in at 8.5. And, and it was uh, it was great. They started their up 21 nothing. Dalvin Cook's running for touchdowns. Kirk Cousins even looks decent. Um, and I, actually, I got cocky. I tweeted out a gif of Kermit sipping tea said uh, all of all of the full slate listeners who have tailed my lock of the week right now. And I kid you not within, I'm going to say five to 10 minutes. I would have to check the timestamps to figure it out exactly. But uh, the Raiders drove right down the field and scored a touchdown. And I was like, what have I done here as 21 seven, but it never, it never got close after that. Like the Vikings are just the better team at home. 
Kirk Cousins did enough. He was 15 to 21, 174 yards and a touchdown. They relied on the defense like we said they would. And this running game is really, really dominant. They ran for 211 yards, 110 for Dalvin. Alexander Madison at 58 himself. And the Vikings are 2-1. and one. And again, like can't beat a dead horse here, but they showed a lot of fight last weekend in Lambeau. Storm back from down 21 nothing. They take care of business versus a bad Raiders team at home. And that's what you have to do if if you're actually going to win the NFC North or be a playoff contender, which I think this this team is. I like the Alex Smith comparison for Kirk Cousins. That's what he has to be on this team because outside of him, it's loaded. Like you said, Dalvin Cook has started off the year on fire. Madison's a really good second back to have. They have good receivers. The defense is awesome. They're well coached. So all Kirk Cousins has to do is manage a game and not screw it up. He did it today. Next week they play, I think, yeah, next week they play in Chicago. We'll see if he's able to do that versus a better team. But he played well enough today to get you the win. You never had to worry. And the Raiders, I saw this stat on Red Zone before the game started. It blew my mind. They don't play a home game until November 3rd. So they play. Yeah. <laughs> They're like off to London, right? Their next home game's in London. So, they, yeah, they played today in Minnesota at the Colts next week. Their next quote-unquote home game is versus the Bears in two weeks, but that's a London game. Then they come back at Green Bay at the Texans, so they're not home in Oakland until November 3rd <laughs> versus the Lions. That's a brutal schedule. We've talked about their win under. It seems very easy. This team is just they're, – they're just bad. Derek Carr, I think, said they, there's like a report he's building his house in Vegas next to John Gruden's. I, I hope he. I hope he. <laughs> is that true? Yeah, it was. It was over the off season. Maybe it changed. I hope that isn't true because he's not going to be their quarterback next year. He's no. terrible. You just can't pay him the money he's due. Like he doesn't have it. You need to move on. He's bad. The Raiders suck. So I'm glad you were able to get this win. Is easy. I also ha- I had the Vikings in a couple teases. I never had to worry. So good day all around for us on the Vikings. Yeah, you were nervous. I mean, you tweeted out about how much you're you're relying on this Vikings team not to screw you. And I think there's a world where uh, the next Raiders home game it's Mike Glennon and not Derek Carr. That feels like a a possibility. Um, yeah, so three, no for me, but Tyler Ravens chiefs, you, I, I was sitting pretty, pretty early in the third quarter. Total, total opposite for you as Ravens plus seven. I don't know. I disagree. I think mine couldn't have been easier. Ravens were in. Yeah. 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 (laughs) This, this was a sweat. The game started off perfectly for me. Ravens got the ball, went right down the field. They scored, chewed up a lot of clock. And then John Harbaugh was just doing this thing where just I guess now the Ravens just go for two every time they score. I, I'll be honest, I, I didn't watch a ton of their first two games, but I don't think they were doing that. Granted, it was worse teams, but still, I guess that's the Ravens thing now. Whenever they score, they go for two. That's what they did in this game. Clearly, the Chiefs' offensive firepower is in the back of their head that they needed as many points as possible. Um, but yeah, this was a sweat is 23-6 to six at half. 30 to 13 in the fourth <laughs> quarter and Lamar Jackson just heaves up that Hail Mary somehow gets Multiple. caught. It was for all the bad beats I had last year. I think this made up for it. Um, just a miracle cover. And the Ravens had the chiefs on a third and nine at the end of the game with a chance to get the ball back and win, which was pretty miraculous. Cause I felt like the chiefs were killing them the entire game. Yeah. The 
the Chiefs have so much firepower. Mahomes, like, last season, MVP season, 50 touchdowns, lights the world on fire. I feel like we're taking him for granted, like, these numbers he puts up, because it's every single week. He's thrown for over 370 yards and three touchdowns each of the first three games. Let's remember, they lost Tyreek Hill in the very first game of this season. Damian Williams, their starting running back, didn't play today. This team has so many weapons. Mecole Hardman, he takes a long touchdown to the house in this one. Kelsey Watkins, we know about these guys. Demarcus Robinson's emerged. He had an incredible touchdown catch in this game off a massive game last week. They plug in Shady McCoy. Like, this offense is just steamrolling people. But I don't know. I'm still, as someone, I, I took the Ravens this morning at plus five. I made the mistake of forgetting about it and not putting it in after the pick em pod. So I, I got screwed on the push by uh, <laughs> by the lack of extra points. But, again, to even get the push, you have to be grateful. Like, a great backdoor cover, and I'm happy we could be five and one. It's again like we're just stacking momentum, blocks on blocks, and uh, our friends at my bookie might be mad, but like you know what, this is better content for us. It's the handwritten notes. That's what's changing it. I'm getting these better stats, better uh, trends, and that's why I've been successful so far. But it was—I'll be honest—it was a miracle for me to cover this. Um, <laughs> It felt like the Chiefs could have put up 50 points. They kind of took their foot off the gas, I think, in the second half. And the Ravens were able to fight back. They made a couple nice plays. Lamar Jackson, you know, throwing the ball, he was pretty shaky today. But he just, like, kept staying in there. He made some pretty wild plays. Like, the Ravens will be okay. I, th- I could see this matchup happening again down the line in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. One thing I didn't like the Ravens did, I thought they got away from the run game in the first half, like, too quickly. It seemed like they could have had anything they wanted. Mark Ingram played really well, and they got a little too pass-heavy, I thought, at points in the first half. And then once they went back to the run, that's when they got some of the momentum back in the second half. So that was my one gripe with them, but they were able to cover, so I can't complain too much. And it was a fun game, and like you said, Mahomes just keeps setting the bar higher and higher. His, He's just insane. Yeah, it's it's absurd. And I agree with what you mentioned. And I texted a friend of the program, Jordan Grebo, who's a Ravens fan, just about his thoughts. And he echoed the same thing you said about them abandoning the run. Like Lamar threw the ball 43 times. I know they're coming back from behind, but that's just, I don't know, it's too many, especially when Mark Ingram had the success he had. 16 carries, 103 yards, three touchdowns. And that's an acquisition that I feel like kind of went under the radar. In the midst of the offseason, I know for me, I like kind of was like, oh, it's a running back by committee there, whatever. Like, he'll just kind of sort his way in. But he's their bell cow back, and he's legit. I agree with what you said, too. Like, my opinion on the Ravens doesn't change from this game. I, I think they're one of the top three or four teams in the AFC, and I hope we get another one of these uh, matchups because Mahomes versus Lamar is, is so fun. Definitely. It feels like Mark Ingram throughout his career has been like perennially underrated. When he was first with the Saints, it seemed like he was in the doghouse a little bit with Sean Payton with fumbling issues. But his last few years there with Kamara, he's amazing. And like you said, he left and it didn't feel like, oh, it's whatever. But he's really good. He averaged six yards a carry. Gus Edwards averaged seven yards a carry. That seemed like an area where when the Ravens look back at this game, they probably wish they maybe stuck to the run a little more early in the game. But let's finish up with our Grandpa Billy's Bum of the Weeks. Cody, who do you got? 
All right. So, so my grandma Billy's bum of the week. I watched the one o'clock games at Sports Bar by me, and of course, so the Giants were on the late game. The Jets are on the early game. Great Sports Bar standings. Hopefully, a future friend of the pod. Uh, so they have all the games on, and the sound game they have is Jets Pats, and they luckily made the switch basically midway through the third quarter as that one was a train wreck to Ravens Chiefs. Um, but as someone who took the Patriots minus 21, I was kind of monitoring that game. They're up 30 to seven. The Jets only points were on the basically botch punt that the Jets recovered in the end zone. Um, and I was feeling good about it. And we spoke about it. I was like, there's no world in which this Jets offense scores more than 10 points. Like, I just don't see it happening. Um, it did. And- yeah, well, the offense scored zero points. The defense and special teams scored two. So my grandpa Billy's bum of the, meet, bum of the week is Jared Stidham, the the Pats' backup quarterback, fourth rounder from Auburn, played great in the preseason, a lot of hype, really excited for him, and I hope he does well in his future. Wish him nothing but the best. However, he threw a pick six to Jamal, Adam, to Jamal Adams with about seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter. I see him running the uh jamal adams running the ball back um and i'm just like are you kidding me the jets have done nothing all day offensively they're gonna end up back to recovering and the my favorite part of it was uh then so stidham's in and then he throws out a pick six and then he gets benched and they bring brady uh back in the game um i guess technically it was a two-score game at that point but uh i <laughs> Jared Stidham, short-lived debut uh, in the regular season, but he's my grandpa Billy's bum of the week because he cost me. I got backdoored there. Yeah, that was tough. Like you said, the Jets had nothing going on offense, and it felt like the Patriots were easily going to cover that game, and the Jets scored the only ways they could on just fluke defensive or special teams play. I feel bad for uh, Jamal Adams. He's a stud, and he's stuck on that just awful Jets team. Everything's going wrong for them offensively. Darnold's out. <laughs> Simeon's ankle, that was disgusting. He's out. Now they're down to Luke Falk. Like, the Jets had, you know, some hype coming in the year. Like, sneaky playoff team. Could be competitive. It all fell apart when they lost to the Bills. Um, so I feel bad for him. But, yeah, that that's a tough beat, especially when it was just, like, f- crazy plays that the Patriots, like, don't typically make, like, they don't fumble puns. They don't throw like bad and, you know, they don't make those type of plays. So t- definitely a bad beat for you. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because you're looking at it. They went up so quick, like they're up 20, nothing in the blink of an eye. It's like, oh, this is going to be an easy cover. And the other massive spread game that we haven't talked about Dolphins, Cowboys, the Dolphins were like feisty. It was 10-6 at the half. I put a little money on the Cowboys second half. They ended up blowing that one out and covering the spread there. But if you at halftime, like there was no world in which the Patriots weren't covering. It is what it is. But Jared Stidham, welcome to the NFL. Welcome to Full Slave Pod. Welcome to Grandpa Billy's Bum of the Week. Who's your Grandpa Billy's Bum of the Week, Tyler? So mine, I'm going to dip down to the college ranks. A guy who's near and dear to our hearts as 49er fans, Jim Harbaugh. Oh, Michigan no. got Michigan got absolutely embarrassed this week, 35 to 14 versus Wisconsin. Wisconsin was up 35 to nothing in that game. And Jim Harbaugh went to Michigan and a lot of talk. They, the first couple of years they weren't doing a lot. People were criticizing him. I was on the side that, you know, Michigan wasn't that great when he got there. He's made them better, but now I've kind of I see what those people are saying. He's done nothing in his since being at Michigan. He's eight and eleven versus ranked teams, one and three in bowl games, one and nine versus ranked top ten teams, and he hasn't beaten Ohio State. 
it's all talk at this point. And we were big Harbaugh fans when he's with the 49ers, but he's starting to just wear on me his whole like shtick and stuff. Like Michigan is terrible. Shea Patterson, who's supposed to be the quarterback that he needed to take this team like to the top and beat Ohio State, make the college football playoff. Like he's terrible. Their offense is so bad in college football when it seems like it's not easy, but there's so much creativity and you could find these guys like Michigan is just so far behind the eight ball and they continuously get embarrassed in these big time games. Yeah, I think it's a it's a brutal loss for them. And just like to get embarrassed, like you said, it was 35 nothing. I'm still a hardball defender just because of the what he did for us and that run. Um, the three years where is NFC championship, Super Bowl, NFC championship, but. I I think he's he's wearing thin like it is it is I have a hard time imagining Michigan actually firing Jim Harbaugh I see more of a world where he leaves and takes another job whether it's NFL or college like I feel like that's a more realistic thing to happen yeah that's the thing like this was Michigan's like prize possession to get and you can't blame them he came off that run with the 49ers like you mentioned had great success at Stanford and the NFL everywhere he's been and it's like, you can't fire Jim Harbaugh. Like, who are you getting that's better? But also, he does wear thin. That's been his thing. He wore thin with the 49ers. Uh, he, you have to think it's starting to wear thin with people there that he isn't beating these big-time teams. Wisconsin has been a really good team, but Michigan is supposed to beat Wisconsin. There's, the only team that's supposed to give Michigan trouble is Ohio State, but now Wisconsin's trouncing them. They play Penn State. That's not going to be an easy game. Like, Michigan is not going to make the college football playoff this year. I don't think they'll beat Ohio State also. Like, it's hard to see him getting fired, but it is inching towards that place. Yeah, there's no way they beat Ohio State. Ohio State, Ohio State looks incredible from the college football I've watched this year. I, uh, yeah, I I don't know what Michigan's next step is, a place to be, because the guy who's going to be the savior, and now we're a few years in, and it's not making a ton of but uh, that wraps up another week of the week gambling wise Tyler yeah or nay I think we're both like slight nays but what matters the headline numbers lock of the week five and one that's what matters take that to the bank Sugar Ray Leonard Roberto Duran Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.